All right, so I think we are live. So hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Glap. It's me, your host Paolo, who is apparently an amateur boxer. Kidding, I, I fell on my face, so that's how I look like this. But anyway, uh, we have a very special guest for today. So this is Mikey. He is a research consultant for Google Operations Center who loves playing video games and cosplaying during his free time. Uh, he's also a fan of different mediums of art and loves collecting antiques and toys. So, Mikey, uh, before we get into like the meat of the episode, right? Uh, for my guests for this season, I usually ask them to share like a fun fact about themselves that not a lot of people know about. Mm -hmm. Could you give us something like that about you? Fun fact. Um, I think for the most part, I'm I'm the kind of person who loves to try new things. So I am like, um, for example, if there is something new, like a hobby that I haven't tried yet. Uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm the kind of person that would you know be be into trying new uh, new shit, new stuff. So that I, basically, it's just I'm the type of person who's game to try anything new. You know, anything that I haven't uh, tried yet. Uh, lately, I've uh, I actually considered starting hiking again because I haven't um, hiked since um, the pandemic began. So I, I might go back to hiking again. So I, I wouldn't say if that's, you know, uh, like a completely fun fact because I, I'm just practically game for anything at, at this point. So I would say that's a fun fact. Okay, that's cool. So uh, before we continue on, I would like to thank our sponsors. So thank you to Swagat Indian Cuisine, to Comicat, and to um, Mask and More Manila. So for today's episode, actually, we'll be talking about, well, it's technically a religion in the U.S., but um, we'll let Mikey explain more about um, why he's a part of it. So today we'll be talking about Satanism and what, and what that means as a whole, right? So I guess, you know, when people hear the word Satanism, I mean, even me, when I, when I first heard it back in the day, I automatically thought it was a religion where, you know, occultists, uh, you know, killing goats or whatever, um, having orgies on a temple or I have no, I have no idea, but uh, because I think that's how it started, right? I mean, I don't think they really killed goats or whatever, but I think it was um, more, I mean, the way they organized it was by an occultist, right? So. Mikey, maybe you could do it a bit more justice since you're, you know, since you identify being a part of this religion, the way of life, organization, I'm not really sure what you would call it, but yeah, why don't you continue on? Okay, so, um, personally, uh, I, I believe that Satanism is less a religion, it's actually more of a lifestyle. So when you talk about Satanism, it's actually celebrating you know the different aspects of human life that that uh, we enjoy. So, in a way, um, before before uh, any of us learn about religion, you know, when we start out in life, like especially when we're um, during our childhoods, we sort of experience the different um, ranges of how Satanism works. So basically, Satanism is more of a lifestyle. So it's kind of, I wouldn't say that exactly the same as Buddhism, because some people will also say that Buddhism isn't really a religion, it's more of a lifestyle. So uh, when, when you talk about 
Satanism. It's not really worshiping something like uh, Satan. So Satan is just a symbol for us because it's more of um, celebrating human freedom, you know, individualism, and basically we're uh, rejecting any form of conformism. So we try to avoid dogma. We try to avoid anything that, you know, kind of limits how we live our life. So that's that's essentially what Satanism is. So it's more of um, focusing on our desires, our ego. Some would say that it's um, a very hedonistic lifestyle. So I wouldn't deny that. But um, for the most part, I I think that as a Satanist myself, because there's uh, there are different um, groups of Satanists as well. So I, I identify more in the atheistic Satanist kind of department. So I started off as an atheist and then later on I uh, developed this um, identification because, uh, you know, I, I found community in it. I also have a lot of other friends who uh, feel the same way. So you mentioned earlier something about it starting in the U.S. Um, it was started by Anton LaVey. It's actually more of the LaVeyan Satanism. I'm sure you probably did your research on that. Yeah. But that's that's different for us because for atheistic Satanism, uh, we're, we're more focused on um, the idea that as an atheist, we don't really believe in, in the existence of a god. However, um, you know, the, the Satanism part of that is we try to focus on what makes us happy as a person and less about worshiping uh, a different being altogether, like the opposite, because we don't believe in a God, right? So if we don't believe in a God, then why should we worship, you know, something external, something different, right? So I think he's more of just a symbol for us. So yeah, that's basically for it. <laughs> so I guess for, for, for me, if it's okay for me to ask these, right? Like, why would you, or why would people use Satan as a symbol in a, in a positive way? Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, look, I, I know you're an atheist and all, but Satan is portrayed and, you know, is known to be the villain in all of this, right? It's kind of like, I mean, you know, I'm going to use like a very extreme example. It's like having Hitlerism or something. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I mean, the guy did what he wanted to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's not a good thing. But um, but why are you comfortable um, being part of a way of life that that the symbol is someone who's known to be evil? Oh, that's a that's actually a very interesting question, because um, I am very much aware of Satan's reputation, especially uh, in the world stage. Um, most people, when they think about Satan, they think about the most evil thing ever. The most, uh, they think about everything that's um, ever existed, everything bad. Like it's basically, you know, it's very, it's very hard for most people to find something to celebrate or something positive about Satan. But personally, uh, just like uh, I mentioned earlier. <laughs> Uh, he's just more of a symbol for us. Uh, he, he's a symbol of of what we believe in because he um, promotes, you know, the individual freedoms of a person. So basically, um, 
in an Abrahamic perspective, he basically counters what um, God wants you to do, right? So God wants you to conform. God wants you to follow his rules, his laws, right? So some people would say that he's the opposite of that. He's sort of telling you that um, you should pursue what you want. You should pursue your desires, um, your human desires uh, for the most part. So I think that symbolism is rooted on that, you know, the individualistic perspective that uh, you should pursue something um, that, you know, makes you happy, like your, your ego. Um, I also wanted to add that most people are aware of the seven deadly sins. So yeah. when you talk about seven deadly sins, that's also something bad, right? You're supposed to avoid that. Um, so what are the seven deadly sins? There's anger, there's loss, there's greed, there's pride. So those are kind of negative terms. So when you think about seven deadly sins, those are also negative. Yeah. But for us, th th those are kind of like essential for survival, right? So in order for a person to f survive, like probably you're going to be a little surprised by this perspective, but I think that the seven deadly sins are also important in your daily life because you need them to survive. So you won't be able to kind of assert yourself if you don't have elements of anger in your lifestyle. So I'm going to try and go in more detail uh, with that later. But for the most part, I think that the seven deadly sins are kind of, um, you know, they're not something that you have to subscribe to fully, but it's kind of like a guide to tell you that these are aspects of human um, life that you have to realize are, are, are still important. You know, you, you have to know when to express your anger, uh, especially if, you know, uh, you feel that you're being wronged or, you know, you know, someone is trying to um, overtake what you want to do. Like, you know, you can't remain a pacifist the entire time, especially if, you know, someone is trying to um, kind of take advantage of you, right? So that that's where those elements of uh, human personality have to come in. So, yeah. Okay, so you mentioned that you need the seven day uh, daily today, um, deadly sins in your everyday life, right? So, w why would you need gluttony? I mean, the definition of gluttony is eating way more than you need, right? So, how could one use that in their everyday life? Well, when you think about gluttony, it is basically excess, right? So, um, we're not saying that you should celebrate that excess. It's more of basically. When you when you're a foodie, uh, I'm just gonna use being a foodie as an example because I'm a foodie myself. Yeah. So sometimes uh, when when you really want to enjoy like a specific kind of meal, you, there would be times in which you would eat more than what is enough, right? So in a way, that's already gluttony there because um, the teaching against gluttony is you have to eat everything in moderation. You have to eat only what's kind of uh, what you need, right? So you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to go beyond what is quote unquote enough. But the question is what is enough, right? So mm -hmm. someone would probably say that this is enough. Someone would pray that you should be only eating this much. But 
as a person, I should be able to have that choice of, you know, what if I just want to eat some gyupsal, right? Something like that. What if I want to eat more than the usual because um, I want to enjoy uh, this meal with with people that I know, with my friends, with my family, stuff like that. So it's not really celebrating gluttony in a sense that we we want everyone to, you know, just eat and eat and then have no regard for other people. It's it's more of that aspect that when you talk about gluttony, we talk about kind of enjoying the food and not, you know, thinking too much about this is the limit. This is what we're supposed to uh, we're supposed to stop here, something like that. So um, it's kind of difficult if you're too focused on you know all the negative of it if if you because if you think about the negatives of it you're not going to be able to find any positives out of it so i try to look at everything um in a positive light in the sense that it's more of just celebrating that choice you have uh, to be able to pursue what makes your ego what makes your individual um self-happy so that that's pretty much it for okay i get i guess the part that just bothers me about this is not because you know i, I get the movement about people wanting to celebrate you know being human right mm -hmm. and what that means you know there are people out there like you know like what you mentioned right atheists and we're in they don't believe in the higher being because maybe they believe that being human is already the highest form of being or whatnot right i mean that could be it i'm not really sure but it just bothers me that um, the symbolism that that Satanism uses as Satan, you know, I mean, it could have been any other person, you know, it could have been any other, it could have been a philosopher, it could have been yeah. any other person. But the fact that they chose Satan, you know, that, that, that doesn't bother you. Personally, it really doesn't. Like, um, if you were... I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure that there are some people who have slight modifications to this kind of uh, thing. Probably you might also meet some people who are, you know, they would say that they're individualists or humanists. Yeah. You know, that's also a movement. Um, if you're a humanist, you're kind of focused on um, humanity as a whole and not really adding external forces to it. So... I guess some people would say that Satanism is a little bit still within the realm of religion. So I guess that's why people um, are focusing on that element of the Church of Satan, you know, stuff like that. So I personally think that if you're a Satanist and, you know, you, you, you want to use Satan as a symbol of your beliefs, I guess that's fine because... Uh, personally, I don't see anything really negative about Satan because I um, believe it or not, uh, when I, when I started off in this world, um, I was really religious. Like uh, I was a devout Catholic. Um, I actually even served in the church at some point, so I was part of the sacristy. <laughs> so I don't know if you can imagine something like that. But um, and then around. When I was in high school, I started doing more research, you know, I started, um, it's actually more of questioning, you know, certain aspects of the religion that, you know, kind of led me up to this point. So, um, and then I 
I, I actually started becoming an atheist around 16 when I was 16 years old. So uh, I was in high school around that time. And, you know, I, I started focusing on my own set of beliefs. You know, I, I know what's right and wrong. And I don't really need to be part of like a religion in order to function in a way that I'm still civilized. You know, I know what I'm doing and you know, basically, we're trying to live life in a way that we don't want to hurt anyone. But at the same time, we want to pursue what makes us happy as a person. So um, it's kind of hard to to kind of declare or like say a, a, a blanket statement because everyone has their own version of, of Satanism. Because, I mean, you can subscribe to Levian Satanism, you can subscribe to atheistic Satanism, but you would still have your modifications for it. And that's okay, because again, we don't really subscribe to conformism. So that would basically be defeating the purpose of it. Um, and going back to your question uh, as to, am I comfortable with using Satan? Of course, because I think that in a broader sense, you know, trying to trying to look at how Satan was presented, especially in Abrahamic faiths, I think he, he was mostly just really misunderstood in a sense that a lot of people focus on the fact that he was exiled, you know, he was sent to earth or, I don't know, to hell. It's, it's hard because I don't believe in that. Um, I think he's just more of a symbol of if there's a good part, there has to be a bad side, right? There can't be just white. There has to be a black, you know? So I think he exists primarily just to justify that this is the, the, the good side and he's the bad side. So that, that's very, um, again, that's a blanket statement. So is there even supposed to be a side? So, right? I mean, for me, uh, morality is also subjective. And uh, it would depend on where you live, you know, it would also depend on how you were raised. You know, your family could believe that this is the way things should be done. But another, you know, different group of people might have a different perspective on that. So, I mean, we can decide on some things that this is morally wrong. Like, it's wrong to kill, obviously. You're not supposed to take someone else's life. But... For some cultures, it's okay given certain, you know, justifications for it. So we can take a life if, you know, there, um, there's like a death penalty, you know, for crimes. You know, if they're if they killed someone, then they should be killed too. You know, something like that. So, uh, but that's a different topic altogether. So I'm not gonna go, uh, go there. Um, but for the most part, yeah, I'm, I'm not uncomfortable with using Satan as a symbol because. He is just a symbol. He's not the main purpose of, you know, say what Satanism truly is. So that's what I, I would say about that. Okay, so if you don't mind me diving deeper now, um, because you mentioned that you used to be very religious, right? Then at 16, you uh, became an atheist. Is it possible for me to ask why you decided to become an atheist? Or is that something we can't really talk about? We can. I mean, I'm I'm comfortable talking about that. Okay. Um, so... I started off uh, really religious, right? So, um, so around that time, 
a lot of things were going on like in my life. So I was actually put in a sort of position, like sort of uh, this mindset that I start to, you know, question the state I'm in. You know, I think it's normal for people to be uh, in a different state if, you know, kind of their comfort zones are being challenged. So uh, as a religious person, I would say that, you know, for the most part, I was raised to think a certain way. You know, I was raised to kind of follow this. I mean, you started off as a child and then when you start becoming self-aware, you, you're kind of exposed to so many elements that kind of put you in a in a box, like in a category, right? So, I, I mean, back at, uh, back at the time, I was really just following what was what was pretty much taught to me so and i started going out of that around that time because um i experienced a lot of bullying actually um i experienced a lot of you know moments in life in which i start asking like how come you know as a person who is you know, extremely devout. You know, I, w- I was the type of person who would actually read the Bible during my free time. Can you imagine that? I, I would actually try to understand more, like, what the text was trying to say. So it's interesting for me that, you know, even as a person who was like that, I would eventually, you know, become the person I am now. So I think it started mostly because I was experiencing a lot of stress back then and I I kind of started asking more questions. So I'm not going to speak for everyone else but I think if you are the the over really religious type questions aren't really that entertained per se. Like um there would be times because I I studied I studied in a Catholic school. So there were a lot of times in which I would ask questions, sometimes too many questions to um, our religious like subject That's teachers. Yeah. yeah, so I asked too many questions. And then there would be times in which, you know, the teachers would say that it's all a matter of faith, right? It's all a matter of faith. Yeah, you just have to believe. And that didn't make sense to me because... I was a- asking legit questions. They they actually made sense. I would say that they make sense, and they couldn't give me a like a straight answer. Like it was all like it was for me. It was kind of like a cop out that like I was asking a legit question, and then they just said, "You just have to believe." That's just how it works. So I that was very questionable for me at that time. So I started asking more questions. I started you know doing more research on. You know, why am I feeling this way? Why I might be, you know, looking at other perspectives. And then I found community in it. So when I say community, I met other people who feel the same way. I met other people who are asking the same questions. I also met other people who are, you know, who have this set of beliefs that, oh, that that makes sense. That makes much more sense to me. You know, I can... I could I can sort of relate to that more sort of uh, more so than you know what what I was born and raised into you know following so so I guess that's pretty much the story of how it started and pretty much the rest is history um 
it's mostly just me being more open to asking questions and you know in the process creating my own set of beliefs and then leading me up to the point that is this considered you know satanism is this considered being an atheist you know because sometimes we're so focused on naming it or categorizing ourselves and basically that's what satanism is trying to avoid you're not supposed to conform to what society really wants you to be so we're trying to focus on letting you be the person you want to be it's not really sort of you're supposed to follow this set of rules if you don't follow that one rule you're not a satanist anymore we don't have that so it's it's really just um a, a personal relationship with yourself like what you really want as a person yeah okay um got it now you mentioned i think it's okay if, i mean if it's okay with you you mentioned that you would want to explain more about the seven deadly sins about how it's how it could be like used in your everyday life oh yeah so i actually um sort of gave a kind of a superficial explanation on that uh, earlier but it's really just more of because when you're living your life you're always you know we're actually in a state of survival in a, in a sort of uh, sense like when you talk about the seven deadly sins if you try to look at them from a different perspective they're actually connected all to survival right so okay so i'm, I'm gonna try and go to each one so sure when you talk about pride uh what's the first thing that goes uh, into your mind when you say pride like can you think of one word right. first thing is lgbt okay <laughs> Right, that that that's <laughs> that's valid, and that's that that's actually um that's actually a very good example. Okay, so when you say pride, you have to take pride in you know the the bad thing about pride is it becomes too much. When it becomes too much, you kind of forget that there's something else beside yourself, right? But on the other flip side of that, when you talk about pride. It's, you know, being proud of yourself as a person. So the reason why we have pride for uh, the LGBT community is because for so long, um, actually not for so long, we still are a minority. So um, the idea of pride is basically trying to, trying to see the community as something good, something that you should be proud of. You shouldn't be ashamed of being part of so if if you look at it from a, an extreme perspective definitely it will be bad but if you look at the element of why it's called pride of why it's called anger why it's called um gluttony or stuff like that the reason is because it's an aspect of human personality that you know obviously you still have to keep in check you still have to you know you have to make sure that you're not pushing it to the point that you're already harming other people. So we'll want that because at the end of the day, um, being a Satanist is about being a person who pursues what you want, but at the same time, you still have to consider that you're part of that society and you have to respect other people. You have to respect other other forms of life. So. Um, a lot of people also have this idea that if you're a Satanist, you're an anarchist. In a way, you are, you know, kind of like an anarchist because 
you're shaking these foundations, you're shaking these these solid belief systems and basically saying that they're not supposed to control you as a person. You're not they're not supposed to control your life, you know. They're not supposed to dictate everything that goes on. And you're supposed to kind of figure out in your own way how you want to live your life. And then these seven deadly sins are kind of like guides. They're just guides. I I, I don't see them as kind of like you're supposed to meet this certain requirement and then it's kind of like a badge of honor i don't see that i don't see it that way it's kind of like a guide of how to you know go about your life so that's just one example right right another is anger just like i mentioned earlier when you think of anger um you think of someone going crazy you know just throwing stuff you know just shouting expletives or whatever but i i think it's more of Anger is an emotion that's still important because you use it when, for example, someone is crossing a boundary, right? Someone is crossing the line. I mean, if someone punches you, you can be a pacifist, but that doesn't really do anything for you, right? I mean, if you don't fight back, they probably won't stop if you think about it, right? So you have to defend yourself. And if you start defending yourself, you know, um, personally, I, I... I start feeling anger. I start feeling, you know, negative emotions like that. But it's only negative because it's associated with violence, you know. I kind of look at it that way because it only becomes negative because it's violent in nature. You know, it involves hurting someone back. But the idea there is you didn't start it. So it's more of someone you know, invading your personal space, invading your rights as a person, and then uh, other aspects of protest, like, for example, when you're not satisfied with uh, a certain government, when you're not satisfied with the way things are done, rules are being done, people will get angry, right? You know, you, you get angry because it's not supposed to be celebrated. It's not supposed to be something that you're okay with. And to be angry for me is to openly express that you're not fine with this and I am drawing the line here. So, but again, just like I mentioned, we're not saying that it's okay to kill, it's okay to hurt someone. No, it's it's more of, you know, just the idea that the seven deadly sins are kind of telling you that this is who you are as a person and you have to accept it. These are aspects of your personality that you have to accept exist. But at the same time, you're not supposed to just let it take over like an animal. You are capable of thinking. You are capable of making your own decisions. And for me, that, that's the most important part of it. Um, because some people, they might say that, oh, I'm, an, I'm a Satanist. And I think that it's okay to just, you know... Um, to just do whatever you want because that's what Satan does. No, that's not it. Because that's basically just justifying, you know, your anarchist beliefs. Um, so when you're an anarchist, you just want to do anything the way you want it. And, you know, without any regard for anything else. So that's not what Satanism is. So I think um, Satanism is more of pursuing individual freedoms in the interest of not conforming to anything, not conforming to religion, 
not conforming to being told that this is the way you're supposed to do this. Um, and the seven deadly sins are kind of like the guide for that. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. So I guess how I, because yeah, I'm trying to piece everything together and I'm, I'm trying to digest everything. Okay. So, because like, would you say that in Satanism, because you're, the way you mentioned that Satanism and anarch, anarchism is not the same thing, mm -hmm. right? But so like with Satanism, there's no really rules to follow though. Right, so it's just more of then how is it different? Okay, that's interesting because, um, just to correct myself on what I said earlier, sure, sure, they they are not the same in the sense that, um, because when you say you're an anarchist or when when something is anarchy, it's complete chaos, right? It's completely just <coughs> letting letting things happen, and then you're 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 basically just gonna be fine with it. So that's what anarchy is. I don't think that it's the same in that perspective. There are aspects of anarchism and Satanism that are the same in which, for example, um, we don't follow rules, right? Uh, it's basically non-conforming. So I try to focus on that term more, non-conforming, because anarchy is such an extreme term and some people associate it with a lot of negative um, you know, connotations. So I, I think uh, what people are focused on uh, with anarchy is basically anything goes like complete chaos no rules no whatever we still have rules we still have as a satanist i still subscribe to um certain immoral rules like i still believe that killing or taking someone else's life is wrong you know stealing is wrong um Basically, anything that harms someone else or their property is still wrong. So, in a sense, that's already different from anarchy. Because anarchy, basically, when you say that a country is in a state of anarchy, like, no law enforcement, no no regulation bodies, like, every, every everything is just happening, and then nothing can stop it because nothing's controlling it. So that's what anarchy is. So... I think it's different in a sense that Satanism is more focused on the individual self. Anarchy is the state of being. So when you say anarchy, anarchy is more of the state of lawlessness, it's the state of the lack of order. So the lack of kind of structure for it. So the reason why we're Satanists in, 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 the, in the first place is we're declaring that we're non-conforming. So we're it's kind of like an open declaration that we don't try to follow, you know, what someone else or what a book is telling us to do. So I guess that's a difference for it, for me at least. Uh, I mean, the, you, I, I get what you're saying that they're very similar in a sense that uh, they don't follow rules, you know, it's not being caged. But I mean, it's it's also a little bit too much to say that, um, you know, they're the same. Because basically when you're saying the same, it's kind of like saying that, um, I'm trying to think of an example, but, right. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna drop that because I, I can't really think of a very good example of why, you know, anarchy would be that different, but I'm just gonna focus on that uh, detail that I, I shared with you. Like basically anarchy is just not caring about anything at all. We still care, 
I mean, as a Satanist, I still care, and we still participate in civil society. Um, yeah, about what you mentioned earlier, like you had these misconceptions that, you know, Satanists, we do orgies, you know, we we do like rituals and stuff. That's that's kind of like how Hollywood would perceive it. It's kind of like um, how vampires work. Like uh, when you talk about vampires, they, you know, they're focused on the powers, you know, they're focused on how dark it is, you know, it's, and it's also kind of rooted to religion, like they're associating vampires with, you know, with Satan, you know, anything dark, the underworld. So I think it, it kind of works that same way with uh, Satanism. So Satanism is also demonized for the longest time. You know, it's been thought of as something that's completely evil. There's nothing good about it. So I guess that's a challenge for for me as a Satanist myself, because when someone hears that I'm a Satanist, ob obviously they already have this kind of default stance for it. They already have this notion that, oh, this person is up to no good. Oh, this person is a Satanist. So obviously they're out to do no good. So yeah, so that's it. So I guess it's more of because you mentioned that, uh, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. You mentioned that um, Satanism, you guys don't conform, right? And yeah. yet you mentioned that you still have these core beliefs that you, know, you shouldn't kill anyone, you shouldn't hurt mm. anyone, you shouldn't steal. Yeah. So isn't that not conforming? Well, when you say conforming, what do you mean exactly by conforming? So when you're conforming, you're supposed to be, um, for example, if someone tells you that this is the way things I want to be, you're supposed to just follow, no questions asked. That for me is a conformist, right? Mm -hmm. So as a Satanist, we ask questions. We question almost everything that you throw at us. We try to ask, but is there a side of this that they, that doesn't make sense? And then how do we make sense of that? You know, and if you're a conformist, you're not supposed to ask any questions at all. You're you're supposed to rely on faith. You're supposed to rely on you know this is God's law. So you're supposed to just do as you're told. So as a non-conformist myself, I, I, I see beliefs are still important. I don't see them as conforming because when you're talking about beliefs, it's kind of like the direction you're going in. You know, we, we still have direction. It's not like that. It's, it's not like if you're a Satanist, you don't have any direction. We still have direction. Um, and Again, that goes back to why people would associate Satanism with anarchy, you know, just just doing whatever you want without any, you know, without a care in the world. That's not how it works for us. So I look at conf being non-conforming as more of, you know, having that capacity to ask the right questions, to ask um, how come this is the way things are done? Like, is there a different way we can do this? Like, so if you ask those questions, you start to be labeled as a heretic, you know, a non-believer because you're doubting, right? So um, if you remember the story of how Satan became, became Satan is because he started, you know, questioning God's authority, quote unquote. So he started asking, like, okay, you're giving the people free will, but how come, 
you know, you're punishing them if you don't follow their your rules. You know, something like that. So it's kind of like just asking a question of why are you doing things a certain way when it's kind of like the opposite of what you know what you mean, right? So you're giving people free will, but you're punishing them for it. Yeah, you know, something like that. I mean, um, it, this is far fetched. I mean, some some people would say that um, I'm probably pushing that narrative too much, but I think that's important because um, when you talk about free will, you're supposed to be able to given the choice, right? You're you're given the choice of whether to do good or good or evil, right? But we forget that in I, I kind of see religion as kind of like this emotionally abusive partner. Personally, that's just me, yeah. Because they kind of gaslight you. They kind of make you feel that you're so evil and that you have to atone for all of your sins. Uh, basically you're living out your life kind of scared to do all of th- these evil stuff. You, you're supposed to avoid it at all costs. And for me, that limits your life as a person. It's, it's a good, it's a good um, it has good intentions. Good intentions because you want to avoid, you know, doing something bad to something else, uh, or rather someone else as much as possible, right? But, um, yeah, so I'm sorry. Can we go back to uh, your question? I kind of got sidetracked there for uh, for a little bit. I'm not sure if I actually answered your question, but we can go back. With it, uh, That's okay. Actually, asked. I would rather you continue where where you are right now. Okay. All right. Okay. We can we can continue. Okay. So, um, so yeah. Um, I think that you know, as if you're a nonconformist, we're we're more, um aware of the fact that organized religion has taught us that this is the way you're supposed to you know live your life you're not supposed to do this you're not supposed to do that and i think that's that's a very limited you know limited lifestyle in it, if you think about it like um i'm not saying that you know rules suck you know rules are boring you know stuff like that Rules are still important because human beings are naturally, you know, we're naturally chaotic in nature. We, if if you let, for example, if you let a kid grow up thinking that they can get away with anything, you know, without any consequences, then obviously they're going to be a very chaotic person. You know, that they're going they're going to be problematic, quote unquote. <laughs> so, um, but. You know, uh, for example, if I do have a child, I'm not going to raise them to be a Satanist because that's already conformism. So I'm going to raise them in a way that when they reach a certain age, they're supposed to have that freedom to pursue what they want to believe in. You know, like, what do you think? Um, I'm going to give them the capacity to ask questions, you know, um, sort of make their own set of beliefs and from that they can you know figure out what they want to believe in because for us that's what's important um what do you want to believe in it's it's less more of you're born into this world and you're supposed to believe in this and nothing else 
So that's what we want to avoid. So I guess that's that's the reason why I would say that um, that's the non-conforming side to it. I, I'm not sure if you fully grasp what I was trying to say, but uh, that's pretty much uh, what non-conformism for Satanism is. Okay, because um, yeah, sorry, this is really uh, this is really something that I'm really trying to digest. Okay. Yeah. So when you have kids or if you sorry, if you do decide to have kids, you won't raise them to have a particular religion. It's more about, okay, you can test out the waters, do what you want, then when they're old enough, you'll let them decide for themselves, right? Yeah, uh, actually not old enough. If they're already, you know, in that stage, that would be different for people for most people. But of course, definitely, if they're a young person, they still have to know that you're not supposed to, you know, do certain things. Like, you're not supposed to hurt other people. You know, you're not supposed to steal someone's, you know, belongings. You know, th those are those are kind of, like, basic for living in a society, right? So, but I think that's conformism. Like, to, to a certain extent, you have to conform a little because you won't be able to participate in society if you don't follow these rules, right? But the non-conforming aspect of it is being able to sort of go to a direction wherein it's your choice. It's like 100% you chose to be in that direction. And you can take a U-turn, you can make a left, you can make a right. That's up to you. Um, you're You're welcome to change it at any time if you know you know you're kind of unsure about this then you can go back i mean that's okay um for for most conformist beliefs because you would think that i don't know like the moment you step out of it you've already crossed you know a line you know um when i say that i mean when you when you've crossed a line that means you won't be able to go back anymore, right? So, for example, I started off really religious, but then I started asking more questions, and then I became an atheist. You know, if someone knows that history of how I I got into you know being an atheist, they're gonna say that there's no turning back for you anymore, right? Because I already lost my belief. I already lost my, and they're and they're they're probably gonna say that you know. I'm going to hell for being a heretic. I'm going to hell for being a non-believer. Then it's kind of like it's a blanket statement in which you won't be able to, you know, align yourself back into that because you already crossed that line. So I think that's unfair. And I think that's like, that's very judgmental of people to do. Like, I, I think that you can always change your mind. I know a lot of my friends who used to be atheists, but they sort of became spiritualists after. Like, they're not atheists anymore. They believe that there is a higher being, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a, an Abrahamic God. You know? They just focus on the fact that there are external forces that we can't understand, but at the same time, we can't just declare that they don't exist. So that's what 
you know, they kind of put it. So it's kind of like they did a bit of backpedaling, you know, and I think that's okay. That's fine because, you know, we really don't want to, you know, kind of tell people that, okay, you're an atheist now. There's no turning back, right? Uh, you're not supposed to become a taste again. You're not supposed to become a spiritualist because this is what atheism is. No, we don't want that because we want, we still want people to have, uh, you know, that freedom to be able to change, update, or adapt based on, you know, what they want to believe in at a certain point in time. So, yeah. So that's how I would answer your question. <laughs> you know, um, we had very similar journeys. Uh, I mean, I was never really the very religious type, but, you know, of course, grew up in a, what do you call this? In a devout Catholic kind of family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also became atheist around your age, 16, I guess, or maybe 15, you know, high school. But the funny thing is, uh, like what you mentioned, you know, people who became spiritual after, and that was kind of me. So my journey was more on, I was questioning a lot of things. Then it's, it's kind of like a corny story, I guess. But I found um, God again after reading Life of Pi, believe it or not. Um, because I remember after I read that book, I, I remember seeing like a news. I'm not sure if it was like in Mexico, but you know, one of those Latin countries where a building got destroyed and everyone died except for a kid. And the kid was barely survived because he was like trapped in these two pillars like that. Like for some reason, it was exactly just here where he didn't get hurt or broken, whatever. And he was stuck for like four days or something. And the only thing he had was water that was dripping and that was what he was drinking, right? So when I saw that and when I read Life of Pi, that's when I kind of went back to um, to God, the Abrahamic God, right? Uh, but I'm more spiritual right now in the sense that I don't really have an institution. It's just more of I've, I do believe I have a good relationship. I mean, I would like to believe that, that that's what's happening. Uh, but I just don't believe in institutions that are run by men so far. Just because of, you know, the history of, I think, every single institution, right? Um, it's very difficult to, you know, to to be a part of something that isn't truly 100% God-run. I don't know if that makes sense. But I'm curious though, Mikey, I don't know if this is a wrong question to ask. But you've been um, a Satanist for how many years? I would say... Four years already. Oh, just four. Okay, so very short pala. Okay, so you've been a Satanist for four years. Do you think that there's ever going to be a chance for you to go back to being a non-Satanist? Like maybe believing in an Abrahamic God? Do you think there's any kind of possibility? I wouldn't be closed off to the idea, to be honest. Because personally, I'm the type that, you know, I believe that you should be able to um you should be able to change depending on certain circumstances you should be able to sort of update based on you know maybe if i get new knowledge maybe if i you know experience something you know different that could change um i am open to that however i would say that for the most part i think that Satanism kind of works for 
what I really want out of life, you know, personally. Because for the longest time, I've actually been the kind of person who has been pretty passive and quite submissive. Uh, when I say submissive, you, you know, you might be thinking something sexual. But it's kind of like, um, <laughs> when, you, when you think of submissive, it's more of, you know, just letting life kind of take you to where it wants to take you. So being a Satanist for, you know, I'm pretty much a baby Satanist at this point because it's just four years, right? But it's kind of like, after I started going into Satanism, I became more assertive. I became more kind of, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm not sure if this is okay for your for your podcast, but no, just I, go ahead. I, I, I want to use the term taking life by the balls. You know? Okay. I want to use that because for the longest time, I've I've always let other people tell me that this is how you're supposed to live your life. You know, this is what you're supposed to do. Uh, basically, letting a book, a Bible, this dictate my life. You know, um, letting organized religion decide for me that this is how you're supposed to live your life until you turn old and then you eventually die. And then your just reward is you're going to happen after, right? So I think that it's very important for us to be able to, you know, backpedal, go forward, and then backpedal again. I mean, if that works for you, then go for it. Um, I'm totally open to anything that, you know, if there would be any changes to my belief systems, that, that would be completely open, you know. Because we don't conform. So if we don't conform, then we are able to change it depending on the circumstances. So I would say that. Okay. So, you know, we're almost done with the episode, right? So I guess what I want to ask you now is, uh, because again, you know, there are a lot of um, misconceptions on what <laughs> Satanism really is, right? Uh, I guess because of the name and the, yeah. the original... I mean, not really original, but the guy who made it popular back in the '60s and whatnot. Yeah, I'm totally so what is what, what is some something you would want people to take away from this episode? I guess my takeaway here, my ta- um, my takeaway, and what you know, if you're uh, listening to the podcast, I want you to sort of look at Satanism as less of a good versus evil kind of thing. I want you to look at it as Kind of like Satanism is this movement that, you know, promotes the individual self. Because for the longest time, people have been subjected to organized religion and, you know, it's discerning and discriminating eye. <laughs> but that's just me. Um, some people would say that um, Christianity, Catholicism, those religions, they're they're very open. You know, they're, they're a family, they're a community. But I never really understood why... A family would, you know, condemn each other, you know, for for things that you genuinely feel as a person. Um, you can work on certain things. You can tell someone that um, maybe you might want to rethink this, you know, but not so much as to condemn them to the point that you're going to hell for this, you know. Um, as a gay person myself, like someone telling me that. I'm going to help just for being gay. 
like you know i i know that not all organized religion feels that way but for the most part that's how i felt especially when i was in high school because high school was kind of like my peak coming out era um and then religion has made me feel nothing but but ashamed of who i am you know it's all it's just made me feel you know what's the term disgusting you know they they keep bringing up that it's wrong you know they keep bringing up sodom and gomorrah when the, you know that story is not even even connected to being gay in the first place you know it's it's a, it's a misconception um i found that out to research of course but for the most part as a person which is you know being gay is kind of like a big part of who i am and being told that that's basically wrong that's you know that's going to land me a seat in hell that didn't sit sit well with me and that actually pushed me further away from the abrahamic faith and the abrahamic god it's like i don't want to believe in a god that made me that way and that at the end of the day they're going to punish me for it like you know what i mean what but like i, I it just didn't make sense to me um i guess my takeaway here is i'm our goal is not to make the whole world you know a satanist world it's not that doesn't work that way we just want people to realize that asking questions is okay um you know and questions kind of give you that opening to discover more about what you really want as a person and what you want to get out of this world um asking the right questions can get you to places you didn't expect you would be in you know um and that's completely okay so you can ask questions but you can still stay religious you can still stay atheist you can still stay a spiritualist but asking questions is something that we as much as possible want to promote because if you start asking questions then you start to realize some aspects of yourself that you might not even be aware up until now so that's the prime takeaway i, I would give to everyone who is listening Well, thanks for that, Mikey. So before we go, um, you know, do you have any plugins that you want people to, you know, if they want to follow you or whatnot, or yeah? Oh, sure. Um, actually, um, I have a page. Uh, although recently I haven't been as active because I've been busy with with life. <laughs> um, I I haven't been as active uh, in in uh, streaming as much as I uh, used to be because I've been occupied with a lot of stuff like in real life i've been dealing with a lot actually um the past few months i've i've kind of gone back to that challenge of mental health issues so i'm sorry to hear that that's okay um and i'm not afraid of it uh it's actually something that i'm very adamant as well about like mental health is not something that's supposed to you know label you as Um, I'm gonna speak Tagalog a bit. Hanggang sure. jan lang. Like, no. If you are a person who suffers from mental health, it's not gonna be forever. You know, it can be a lifelong struggle. You know, some mental illnesses can um, take a lifetime to conquer 
or you might not even conquer it during your lifetime. And that's okay. Um, what's important is, you know, you're aware of the problem and then you're taking the steps, you know, you're you're doing as much as you can to make sure that you're still here and, you know, you're living your best life. So, so yeah, lately I've just been dealing with a lot. It's mostly just a me problem, not really anyone else. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, so you don't have, you can, I mean, I'm very much open to anyone asking questions. You can send me a message directly. You can add me uh, on Facebook. Uh, my name is Mikey Medina uh, on Facebook. It's uh, spelled M-I-K-E-Y. Um, I get a lot of messages actually. Um, you know, the message requests. Yeah. Uh, you know, basically people asking random questions. Could be any question under the moon. And I've gotten a lot of feedback that the way I answer the questions, you know, it kind of opened up new possibilities of thinking for them. And I'm very, I'm very happy that that that's actually uh, the approach that people, you know, see me from. I don't want to, I don't want people to think that I'm trying to convert you into, you know, Satanism. That's not what I'm after. It's really just um, giving people the the chance to, you know, to get to know themselves more um, and to get to know what they really want. Because sometimes if you're under the conformist perspective for so long, you start to forget, you know, that this is something that you wanted because you're sort of limited so much, you know, so yeah. Okay, cool. Well, Mikey, uh, thank you again so much. It's been another great episode with you. Uh, I know you're very busy, but thank you again for you know giving us the time. So yeah, guys, if you want to talk to Mikey on Facebook, just add him. It's Mikey Medina on Facebook. And yeah, so Mikey, thank you again so much. Iglap will be back again next week. Hopefully my scabs will have been disappeared already or something. But until then, everyone take care, stay safe, and bye, everyone. Bye, Paolo. Thank you.